Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Josh Noble. Today we're looking at Japan's policy of trying to encourage more women into the workforce. Naomi Rovnik talks with Kana Inagaki in Tokyo about the policy dubbed Womenomics and how successful it has been. So, Kana, what is Womenomics? When Shinzo Abe became Prime Minister of Japan in 2012, he placed Womenomics, which is basically a program for advancement to women, as a core part of his economic program. The hope was basically that by bringing more women into the workforce, that will help to raise Japan's growth potential. And six years on, has the Womenomics program succeeded? Compared with 2012, when Shinzo Abe became Prime Minister, there are two million more women in the workforce. But most of the increase is for part-time or contract work. And if you look at, for example, the managerial positions, so the number of female directors at public companies have doubled, but it's still very tiny at 3.7% of the total. So that's still very low compared to other developed countries. It's still early to call it a success. I mean, there have been some areas of improvement, but at the same time, critics say the progress has been very slow. The government has focused on efforts to expand child care, and proponents say that's been one big area of success. But then critics also say, for example, that Mr. Abe's Womenomics program is focused too heavily on boosting Japan's economic growth rate, but he hasn't fundamentally addressed the entrenched culture of sexual discrimination. So these are the main obstacles to women participating in the workforce then long hours and an entrenched culture of sexual discrimination. Can you describe how that culture of sexual discrimination plays out in Japanese companies? Japan has long had a history of a strict division of labor, where women do most of the housework while husbands work long hours. And that has been a successful model, perhaps in the 1960s and 70s, but the mentality has remained. And so even though women are now working, they are still expected to do most of the housework. So that is why Japan has a relatively generous program, such as shorter working hours, or they can take a very long maternity leave or childcare leave. But at the same time, when they do start working, they're expected to do a lot of the workload at home as well. So that becomes very difficult for them to sustain that kind of lifestyle. Do you think Japan's any worse in that regard from other developed countries? I mean, even in China, people kind of joke that women hold up the whole of the sky, whereas, you know, women in the UK and the US complain of this too. Is Shinzo Abe perhaps more advanced than other developed countries in addressing this problem, which is, you know, quite global? I think there's a motivation in Japan to address this problem. Because Japan has a shortage of labor force, it's actually necessary for women to enter the workforce. And so there's an economic incentive for Prime Minister Shinzo Abe to push for this program. But when it comes to actually changing the mentality or attitudes toward women, critics say there hasn't been much progress. And that is why we have seen a number of quite shocking scandals recently, one of them which is about a prominent medical school that rigged its entrance exams against women because they didn't want female students because they thought they'll drop out after they give birth to children. And that's quite an uh, outdated you know, um, notion that I don't think you would see in other countries. Is the fact that this kind of story is surfacing in the Japanese media showing that society does back these changes? That is true. There has been a strong backlash to scandals like this. So there is definitely a broader support to change that kind of mentality. But at the same time, some of the surveys after the medical scandal showed that some female doctors weren't surprised that this was happening and kind of accepted that this is done. This is like the status quo. So it's a complicated picture where 
Of course, there is broader support for changes, but at the same time, some women do feel like things won't change and they accept the status quo. So, Kanna, have you come across any female executives who feel they've benefited from the womanomics policies? Yes. For my story, I interviewed an executive at Japan Tobacco, and she openly acknowledged that the reason why she was promoted in 2013, you know, it was part of the whole push from Mr. Abe to promote more women. But at the same time, she also told me that at the time when she got promoted, some of her male colleagues did confess to her, not during daytime actually, but during, you know, drinks that they complained about the promotion. And so, um, you know, there is still change to be made in terms of attitudes of male colleagues and also probably on the female employee side as well, because there is a problem in Japan. Some experts say that because they see this kind of resistance from male colleagues or they have obstacles to working hours and things like that, some women just don't want to get promoted, even if the opportunity is given to them. What's daily life like for a senior female corporate executive, you know, in Japan, Inc.? What kind of specific problems does she have to grapple with? Well, working hours can be very long. For example, Japan offers daycare services, but mostly for young children, you have to go pick them up at 6 or 7 p.m. So if you're expected to work quite long hours after 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., it becomes physically difficult. And also, for example, the executive that I interviewed at Japan Tobacco, she was actually assigned to go overseas But the choice that she made was to leave her child and husband, and she had to go on her own. And the company at the time, it has changed since then, but at the time, the company didn't really offer any of the options that might have made it easier for her to take her family or take another option rather than to take the radical option of to leave your family behind. So those kind of things do make it quite difficult. Does it generally fall on these women to be the ones to ask their bosses, can I leave home early for daycare? I mean, are men simply not thinking about that kind of thing when they're working till 9pm themselves? Right. I mean, theoretically, men can also take shorter working hours and they can go pick up at daycare as well. But there is kind of an unspoken understanding that it will be the woman who will go pick up. So... The new kind of discrimination is that women don't necessarily quit work after they give birth, but they have restrictions to working hours, which many employers still think that it would be difficult for women to get a promotion just mm-hmm. because they don't work long hours. But there is a fundamental issue of, you know, are people being productive? Theoretically, you should be able to get promoted even if you're working shorter working hours if you can produce the same results. So. Some people say, you know, those kind of changes in not just the attitudes towards women, but really the workplace culture needs to change as well. So productivity is an issue. I remember an uncle who worked in Germany telling me that if you stayed beyond 5 p.m., the assumption was that you couldn't finish your work on time. Germany, of course, has amazing productivity. So that's something that Japan can aspire to. That was Naomi Rovnik talking to Kana Inagaki, the FT's Tokyo correspondent. If you'd like to read Kanna's story on this, you can find the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news next week. But in the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com forward slash offer. Hold up. 
Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.